I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is The Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9-to-5-er turned top-producing realtor and coach. Along the way to growing a top 1% attraction-based real estate business, I became obsessed with all things marketing systems, scaling, and social. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how to make it happen. So I created the Market Authority Show to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Here, we always keep it real and never shy away from the topics that you are dying to know more about but can never get a straight answer to. Clients, growth, family balance, failure, and how to navigate an ever-changing real estate industry are just a few of the topics that we're going to tackle together. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on and all are welcome here. So let's dive in. Welcome to another live coaching session. Today I am joined by Devin, a realtor in the Market Authority Academy. Devin is located in Southern California. She's serving Riverside and Orange County areas. And she believes that real estate is a tool to help create a dream life. And she personally helps her clients create a path to achieving this. And when she's not working with clients, she loves to read and spend time with her boyfriend and dog. Now, during this conversation, you will hear how far Devin has come as a real estate agent with the Market Authority Academy and what she's working on next. I live coach her through a few topics like social media, refining her content strategy and ways to generate more leads, as well as how to set boundaries with clients as a newer agent and how to know which things she should be doing each day to get closer to her goals. I love these live coaching sessions because number one, I think that it's really helpful to understand where our colleagues are in the industry. A lot of the challenges that Devin is experiencing might be similar to challenges that you are too. So you might be able to really just by proxy get some good nuggets here from this conversation and maybe put yourself in her shoes to see how you might navigate similar transitions that she is. Now, the Market Authority Academy is a mentorship program available to real estate professionals who desire to grow their brand and business using the modern social media strategies and proven systems designed for maximum scalability. We've been able to accomplish incredible things in the last year or two with agents in the Market Authority Academy, and we continue to just make improvements to the program, and we've actually unrolled a few really exciting changes into the Academy. So if you are looking at 2023 and you're wondering how to make this your best year yet, I invite you to book a call with my team. Go to the show notes of this episode where you will find a link to book a call with us, learn more about the program. And during that time, we're going to actually have a 30 minute strategy session with you. We're going to understand where your business is now and where you would like it to be. And we're going to show you the fastest path to getting to that level of success that you want to achieve in 2023. And then if it makes sense, if it's a good fit, we'll talk about ways that we can collaborate together in the Market Authority Academy. So all the show notes are uh, going to be there to show you exactly how to book that call with us. But otherwise, please enjoy this live coaching session with Devin. Devin, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat. 
Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Awesome. Okay, let's get to it. So for those who haven't met you yet, can you share just a little bit about your story um, and kind of how you came to the Market Authority Academy as a newer agent? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a realtor here in Southern California, born and raised. Um, People who either I meet out of state or are just kind of fed up with Southern California and tell me and my boyfriend like, oh, you know, California is too expensive. It's this and that. Like, I love being here. We are so grateful to be here. It's, you know, you have the mountains, the snow, the surf all in one day. And granted, the real estate is really nice. (laughs) But um, a little bit about my story. I grew up here, like I said, but my family's been in real estate. But, you know, real estate's not one of those professions they teach you in school. It's usually a doctor, a lawyer, or something like that. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something totally non-traditional according to my family, which was anything other than real estate. But then going through the motions, you know, going through uh, high school and college, I was just like, this this fire, this passion that I'm feeling, it's, it's not there. And so I was like, you know, maybe there's a reason my family was in real estate all this time. So um, I actually was an accountant at a real estate investment firm and that kind of sparked that passion for all things real estate. Um, but then I realized, you know, the nine to five wasn't really my gig. So I wanted to have a little bit more autonomy, have a little bit control of my time and kind of have something new every day. Because I don't know about others who know about counting, but it's pretty much the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to quit what I like to call my big girl job and um, got my real estate license. And then I was at a brokerage out in Orange County which if people aren't familiar with Southern California, Orange County is a whole different real estate beast. So I'm very grateful to have my time out there. You know, the price points are higher, but the competition is very fierce. And so I was able to kind of detach myself from the price ranges and really focus more on the service part. Um, Not that where I'm at now in the Inland Empire isn't like that, but it's a lot more uh, desensitized, I should say. So um, I just switched brokerages actually now that I'm on a team, which um, like I was telling you before, I, I needed that guidance. I needed that that leadership, that mentorship, because as a new agent, whatever you think you're going to learn in those courses, you're not going to use it. You really aren't. You need to figure out how, one, to be an honest salesperson, but also you're now running a business. So you wear so many hats. And so that was one of the main things I was looking for in a mentorship. So when I found Market Authority Academy and you, you know, I just happened to fall upon it on YouTube but your values really aligned with me where your your focus is, you know, the service and the people, not the commission checks. And that was something I wanted to be different where I'm at. And, you know, if if you are passionate and you help people, I believe the money will follow. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that there's enough business and real estate for everybody. But um, the traditional coaches that most people are, you know, like they focus more on the numbers and the calls and stuff like that. But I wanted to build a business where I'm attracting, you know, lifelong clients that turn into friends. And I go to like their weddings or their baby showers. My client that I, um, I should say my first client last year, um, they just invited me to their birthday party and it was so fun. We were there forever. Maybe had a little bit too much to drink, but it was just that relationship <laughs> is what I wanted in my business. And so being with MMA, I I know that I'm doing all the right things. And I'm also learning how to be a businesswoman, not just a salesperson, which I think is, you know, kind of the most crucial part, in my opinion. What have been um, some of those, like, realization moments where, where you learned what it actually meant to be a business person in real estate? Because I, I think that there is kind of a little bit of a transition from going 
going from, oh, it's not just selling houses. It's like you said, wearing all the hats and actually running a business. I, there, there seems to, there was definitely a disconnect for me getting into real estate. And it took me probably like six months to realize like, wait a second, that's why things aren't clicking. Was there a moment like that for you? Or was it just a gradual sense of like, something's not clicking? No. Yeah. It was definitely like that. I would say it took about six months too, just because you don't know what you don't know until you're in, you know, you're in the daily grind and things like that. But for me, it was, it was kind of twofold. So one was, you know, at the previous brokerage I was at, people were cold calling day in and day out, which is part of the job. But I would constantly hear, you know, okay, call me when you're ready. I'll be here when you're ready. And it was just more so of a waiting game and kind of not providing any value or any service um, in that moment, I should say. But then the other part was, let's say that, you know, after doing 100 cold calls a day, you actually get somebody. Well, what now? You're so focused on the prospecting and the sales part of it. You have to have smooth processes and really great experiences to one, maintain that person, that relationship, but possibly get referrals from them and care about their loved ones as well. So it was more so like, okay, how do I have all these systems in place that way I don't have to recreate the, the wheel every time I get a new client, but also generate and attract new business. So it was kind of, again, another reason why I absolutely love MAA because it was, you can't have one without the other. If you're just focused on prospecting, but you don't have that those systems or that way to build a relationship, then you're just chasing leads after leads. And you're you know basically a nine to fiver just waiting for your next paycheck. But if you have all the systems, but you don't know how to attract those ideal clients, well, then you're just an operations manager. So you kind of have to have all of those systems in place. So like I said, they don't teach you that, but a lot of the more traditional coaches and even my family too, because they're older generations than I am, they are so focused on, you know, get your calls in. Or at my last brokerage, I would always hear, call your sphere, tell your sphere. <laughs> okay. Well, I also don't want my sphere or my neighbors or my loved ones to run back inside when they see me or feel like, oh my gosh, why is this person calling me? You know what I mean? Like I really wanted to focus on the relationships and the business side. Cause I feel like those will just allow business to come. And that's kind of what MA was teaching me and allowing me to have the business I have today. I love that. So um, I'm, I love how you articulated that. Thank you. What big wins have you, um, have you been able to celebrate so far up until now? Yeah. So I would have to say kind of going back to the, the two main things I think of is generating and maintaining, I call them relationships. Cause that's what this business is about in my opinion, but also the systems I now have all the right systems. Thanks to you, obviously, but all the right systems to know, okay, this is what I need to do to stay on track, making sure that I take on that stress for my clients and to promise that experience of, hey, this is actually fun. This is not supposed to be stressful. This is not supposed to be you know, a horrible experience, but also at the same time, being that trusted advisor and knowing that I have to set those realistic expectations. And this is a huge purchase for a lot of people. And I have to be more than just a friend, but I have to be more than just a professional advisor. So I would have to say my biggest win is knowing how to cultivate a relationship that is a little bit of both. And I would say that with my last client, that's kind of how we were. It was a referral and, you know, I was able to balance that, hey, this is the hard things that we need to do to get this happening. And 
also here's how we can enjoy the process at the same time. So I feel like that's another huge win. I feel like the other huge win I have is just knowing that after I'm doing my prospecting or doing my calls or I receive a referral, I know exactly what to do. That way, when I decide to cut off work for the day, I'm at peace and I have balance because if I'm stressed out, it's going to not only reflect badly on my clients, but also my loved ones too. And that was another reason why I got into real estate was being able to control my time and my efforts and, you know, really have a passion for something, but being able to turn it off and not feel guilty about it as well. I love that. I love that for you. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. So, so where are we looking to this year? What goals? I want to kind of switch gears into looking ahead, maybe a little bit of life coaching. Um, what goals are we looking to this year in 2023? And what struggles are we looking to overcome? Because there's, regardless of how long you've been in the business, there's always going to be like new level, new devil <laughs> struggles that come up. So what, what are we working on? So this year, I would love to be able to help eight families or eight individuals, whether that be, you know, with a sale or a buy or an investment, it, it doesn't matter what if I just help eight people, I will be extremely happy. The other thing too, that I think I would really like to achieve is just to have a little bit more structure in my day. Um, I've been doing a lot of MMA work, MMA work, and, you know, I have theme days, and I make sure that like, I don't need to to cram everything in one day, but I still kind of feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, but that could also be, I'm still transitioning my mindset and my activities from a nine to five work grind where it's sometimes, yeah, I'm there for eight hours, but maybe I'm not doing the most efficient work there. Whereas here I can work for about five hours a day and get more done than I would in eight hours instead of having all that busy work. So I think, Obstacles would have to be one, just getting out of my comfort zone, getting out there. I'm I'm a huge introvert. I love being, you know, a homebody, but I know I have to get out there, kind of meet new people. Um, but also kind of getting getting over the imposter syndrome as a young woman, especially in Southern California with the competition. I always either hear, you know, which is surprising, but I still hear, oh, I would prefer a man to sell my home. Or you know what, you're really Oh yeah. I don't know why that's surprising to me, but I guess, I guess I don't hear it to my basis often. Yeah. Well, it's usually the ones that, you know, are over the phone. So they have a little right. bit more comfortability with that. But, yeah. um, I, I also really hear like, Oh, you're, you're too young, which, you know, I don't think I am, but it is what it is, especially with the older generation. Like I totally understand that there's, you know, a fear that I can't do what most ex- super experienced agents do. But I do know that, I need to work on my mindset and my imposter syndrome and know that, Hey, I I deserve to sit at this table. I deserve to give him the chance and given the chance, I'll prove you wrong in a great way. But I think it's more so doing that internal work every day to be like, Hey, it's okay. You're learning. This is a totally new realm for you and you're your own boss, which has never happened before. So I think me is just kind of having some tough love and self-reflection. And even if that means on a daily basis, just to get myself in check, you know, but I think that would be my biggest obstacle this year, because if I can get past that mental block, I know that everything else will fall into place. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit because, um, and and Devin, this is so common, right? And we were kind of talking about this off off air, quote unquote, off air before we started recording. Um, the mindset challenge is one that all business owners struggle with. And one thing that I had to learn 
was that your business will never grow, will never outgrow you, right? So, so within, so without, whatever things you're struggling with inside, your business will never be able to surpass that cap, right? A lot of that has to do with mindset. A lot of it has to do with limiting beliefs. Um, Where you are at in business is a really common place for this to come up because you're still newer and there's still a lot of the unknowns and still a lot of firsts, right? Which is totally understandable. And the mindset challenges over time will kind of, in a way, start to take care of themselves just through experience, Um, so, so there is a level of of what you're kind of doing where you're talking yourself through it. You're accepting that right now is going to be a period of discomfort, but it's temporary. Um, but there are still going to be times where that will crop up because it still does for me. And I've been in the business almost a decade. That's so like, that's honestly so nice to hear too. Cause I think a lot of new agents, like, especially myself, like, cause I've seen my, my uncle who's a broker, you know, his confidence can be in stuff like that. But sometimes I have to remember, you know, the, the market changes, your life changes. And, you know, there's never going to be a moment where you're going to experience something new and not freak out about it a little bit. Right. But I think you're right. I think it's just understanding, like, just keep doing it and keep going through that pattern of just working towards your goal. The other thing too, that I try to, I have it written down actually on my whiteboard here, it's choose your hard. So before, Mm -hmm. you know, I would hate getting up at, you know, X amount of time and being somewhere where someone told me to be and having to drive home every day in traffic and then feeling defeated. Well, that was hard too. But right now when I'm in, you know, real estate mode and I'm my own boss and I have to go out and talk to strangers and kind of sell myself and sell my ability to sell or buy something with them. That's hard too, but it's also which was better, which, which is going to, you know, fuel my fire and also fuel my goals. Not that a nine to five wouldn't, but you know, I love what I do every day and that I think helps a lot, but yeah, I I agree. There's still going to be some moments of self-doubt, but I feel like if you don't have a little bit of self-doubt, then you won't have the will or the, the, the power to power through it. And then that's even more rewarding too, knowing like, oh, I doubted myself for that. Like, I totally can do this. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, it's a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. And it's funny because every year that passes, I look back and I think I cannot believe how much I grew this year. Yeah. Like, and every year you're like, all right, I got this. I got this. And then every year something new comes up and you're like, whoa, okay. I had to learn new things. Um, yeah. But I think that that to me is the most gratifying part of being a business owner is, is being able to experience that growth firsthand. Um, it, it's extremely rewarding once you're on the other side. It, it, it sucks when you're going through the messy middle. Um, when, when you are feeling, um, anxious or when you're feeling self doubt, um, a lot of times what I like to remind myself, just like you do is, is choose your hard, what that what that is is a trigger to remind yourself to take action, right? Yeah. So the easiest way to overcome fear is just by taking action, even if it's just like a tiny next step. Um, when you feel like your mindset is wavering a little bit, or when you feel those triggers of 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 you know self doubt, what specific situations are cropping up for you? Um, I would have to say it's more so, you know the prospecting part or like going out and putting myself out there, whether it's open houses or I'm calling leads <laughs> website, stuff like that. 
you know, it's, it's never fun to ask a stranger to listen to you for a second and just to hear you out, especially when they're getting a thousand calls a day or there's some people that are just, you know, really self-serving and really sharky about it. And I'm their fifth call of the day and they're not too happy about it. But I would have to say before I do my calls or, or after I do a hard call or before I open my open house for, for the weekend, I usually will sit down and just kind of tell myself, hey, think about what how you're feeling. Are you anxious? Okay, cool. That's that's great. But instead of feeling anxious because you're scared, like transition that that the feeling from I'm anxious because I'm excited. And then the other thing too I think about is like if I need a moment, then I'll take out a journal and I'll write like my affirmation, stuff like that. But sometimes it's all about redirecting that feeling into something positive, kind of what you said too, where it's like, okay, having a negative thought, but turning into a positive action, because sometimes it is all about faking it till you make it. But sometimes your body does need you to redirect because, and I believe too, like, yeah, you're anxious, but your body doesn't really know what you're anxious about. It's just a feeling. So if you tell your body, Hey, yeah, we're probably not feeling the best right now, but the outcome's really great. Or or sometimes I like to do like little rewards for myself. So like I tell myself, if I have 10 conversations a day, then I can take the dog on a walk or I can have a second coffee. So it's just like little things. I know it may kind of sound ridiculous, but it's little things like oh. that that kind of keep you going every day. Mm-hmm. Or even before my boyfriend gets home, okay, let's do 10 more calls and then I can turn it off and spend time with him. Because if I don't do those things when I'm spending time with him or just time by myself or am I, if I'm out with a client, my brain's constantly thinking of all the things I didn't do that I promised myself I would do. Yeah, it's weird because I, I like that you mentioned it because I have found that a lot of anxiety I have too is when I'm putting things off, when I haven't right. completed something. And a lot of times it's it, it's anxiety, but sometimes it's also guilt knowing that I haven't like gotten to that email or haven't gotten to this. I've experienced a lot of guilt in the last year and <laughs> dealing with my own personal stuff. So I totally get it. Um, those are really good things that we can take control of because you can control your mindset through some of these hacks what what other things can you do like let's kind of workshop this what other things can we do to um make sure that you're prepared to have conversations um that that you have the right skills to go through some of these situations that might require you to go outside of your comfort zone okay i think for me like if for example if it's an open house is one making sure i do my homework i know everything about the house and neighborhood things like that that way if someone does come to me and ask a question, I can answer it confidently. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing too would be, you know, before I start my work day, and I do do this, I, I rewatch Karen Ann's workshop where I read that that 90 day letter to myself. I review my launch pad of all my goals. And I'm like, there's a reason why I have these goals because I know I can do it, but I, I'm, I'm a planner, but sometimes that's a fault. <laughs> so I try to think of like, okay, yeah, this is my quarterly goal. But let's just focus on what I can do today mm-hmm. instead of getting overwhelmed. The other thing too is if I have a, a script in front of me, depending on who I'm talking to, what the house is about or the area, whatever, I want to set an intention. So what am I going to be asking instead of just reading off this script and then hoping it works yeah. out? Like treat this person like a human and actually get to know their story a little bit, but don't lean on, you know, the robotics of, you know, the scripts and things like that. But I think for me too, it's just 
making sure you go into any situation with intention because if you're present and you're intentional, that there's very little room for slip ups in, in my opinion. But you know, the other thing too is remembering like I'm calling just another person. If I treat them like a person, then they'll probably appreciate it a little bit more. That fifth call that that person probably got is me and they're probably not too excited about it. But if I don't immediately say, hey, are you want to sell your house today? They're going to be like, well, no, I don't know you. And you treat me like a commission check. But if I say, hey, like, do you have a sec? What happened? You have, what are your goals and things like that? The people are a lot more receptive to wanting to talk about themselves. And I think that's the thing, too, about just remembering the field we're in is if you focus on the people, that's that's what really matters. It's not really the house or the land or the investment. It's the people and, and their goals. So I think it's really, really important to refocus that every day because you it's so easy. And you know this, in our in our industry to get caught up in the money and the status. And you know, everyone wants to be a top performer and everyone wants to be on well, in, I should say in California, we have selling sunset, selling OC. So it's these expectations of luxury and and all that stuff, but it's it's not about that. It's about the people. And then if you help people, the money will follow. But if you do it in reverse, it's not really sustainable, in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. I love that. You have everything you need, Devin. <laughs> you have, you're so, you're so intuitive about the process and you've taken the time to really think beyond the just just the the initial fears and uncertainty of this business. And I think that is like, that's a superpower. Truly, that is because a lot of people can't think beyond that initial wall of what what if I fail or what if I can't, you know, what if I can't do it? And and I really want to acknowledge you for that because you've taken the time to learn skills to like regulate your nervous system and and deregulate from that like high point of fear and be able to kind of like walk yourself through these different steps. And that's going to serve you no matter what line of work you're in 20, 30 years from now, which is super cool. So pat on the back for that. That's something that I've always seen, but hearing you really articulate that is really inspiring. Thank you. That actually like really, I, like even though I'm saying this to you, it really helps to hear you kind of mirror that back to me because, you know, I don't know actually if I told you, but we're buying our first house. And so <laughs> instead of me like, okay, now we have actual bills, actual mortgages, like I have to hurry up and do like, no, like I'm, I know I'm, I want to make this work and I know this is what I want to do as my career, but instead of forcing it, I have to nurture it just like I would a relationship. My relationship with my business is, is the same in, in terms of my relationship with, with you or my boyfriend or a client. And so I think, I think it's really nice to hear you say that because sometimes, even though I'm saying all this to you and I'm doing it in the moment at before, before I shut off for the work for the day, I maybe I need to remember. Actually, I think I'm going to write that down on my whiteboard here, what my superpower is, because sometimes I need the reminder. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's helpful because things that things that might come naturally to us or things that we've been doing for a while, we can forget yeah. that they can be real difference makers. So you should yeah. do that. Thank you. Yeah. So let's let's talk about trusting the process. Let's talk about um, the process specifically. So to get to um, helping eight families or eight individuals, what is what's the plan? What do we need to do to get there? What's going to be the lead sources, and what is that routine going to look like for you? Okay, you should see my launch pad. You'd be so proud. So oh, I would I, love to see it. Oh, send it send it to- so um, with the business planning workshop, which actually was perfect because that 
was probably one of the best tools I've ever seen because you broke it down not only from, you know, the financial side, but also the lead sources and the planning and the systems. Because, you know, at my last brokerage, it was like, okay, go ahead and sell four units. Uh, okay, like, how do I do that? <laughs> when I had that in in my back pocket, I know, okay, I would like to do eight units um, this year. For quarter one, for example, my goal is is three. And so I know I need to do one open house each weekend. So about three or four um, a month. So the reason I say three or four, just because just in case, you know, family things happen or emergencies yeah. happens or last minute appointments. So three to four open houses um, a month, I would like to have, you know, anywhere between 10 and 12 leads from there. I'm on a team. So um, we get, you know, website leads. So I try to have 12 leads from the team each month. And recently I asked you, what's the difference between a prospect and a lead? So every Friday I go into my um, lead and deal tracker and I make sure like, is this person really a lead or is it a prospect? You know what I mean? So um, it's really nice to differentiate the two where I can refocus my energy and things like that. Um, My goal is, you know, one referral a month. So nurturing my relationships and, you know, not constantly talking about real estate all the time, but, you know, being there for my friends and family, having, spending time with them, things like that. Oh, I said, open houses, team leads, referrals. Um, and then the other one that I really wanted to get into is not really, really real estate related. Um, but kind of, I, I, I have a huge passion for dogs. As you know, my dog is my child. So, um, I would love to be able to volunteer at a shelter or rescue and just commit maybe, an hour of my time every month. I know it's not a lot, but um, just to be present and give and not expect anything back. And I feel like that will one, warm my soul a little bit, but also being able to show people that, you know, this business isn't always just the sharky commission chasing people. And so um, for example, my team lead, she's super into exotic birds. So she flies her birds with a group of people and she's gotten so much business out of that group just because she loves you know they have something in common but she doesn't treat them like you know a pond of leads you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I would love to have my little outlet with dogs just because I do love them I love that I want to touch on that because that's something that we can that we can kind of put a bow on really quickly um I love that for you so you don't have to name it if you don't want to but do you have an idea or maybe a list of organizations that you can get involved with I do know of two, but they're in um, Los Angeles. Mm. So I'm not, and that's not an area that I serve. So Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure if that would be the most beneficial, but uh, my office and our main business is here in Corona. So the Corona Animal Shelter is literally right by my office. And I know that there's always tons of overflow and documenting. So um, I would love to commit an hour each month to that specific shelter. But then I would also hopefully at the end of the year, you know, with, with my team as well, if we can do it, but have, you know, an adoption event where Mm -hmm. if you want to come, like I'll bring like collars and toys and things like that, or we'll like offer to pay for their um, adoption fee, which is, I think like $35. So if there's a way to give back as well. So that's, that's a goal of mine. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, just because, you know, I am on a team. So I have to make sure it's coordinating with the team brand, which it is, but I would love to be able to do an event like that this year. I love that. So, so the Corona shelter, 
when can you commit to reach out to them and maybe schedule a time to start getting involved with them? I think, well, I do know the volunteer process is a little bit more in depth than most. So the ones in LA, I just submitted a form online and they're like, sure, come whenever. <laughs> I do know the Corona shelter is a little bit more strict with like background checks, stuff like that. So I have to get that process going. And then I think before I ask to do an event, because I don't want it to seem self-serving, I would like to spend some time there. I would say maybe two or three months. And that way, one, they get to know me too, know what I'm about. But before I immediately ask of something, I would prefer to give. So I would like to say, you know, by, by May, have that conversation and then maybe plan it around, maybe not maybe not Christmas time, but maybe like November-ish, Thanksgiving time. That way before the holidays, people want to get a puppy or I know summer is a big, big time too, but you know, school starts in August. So maybe November might be that slower time for people to actually want a new, a new family member. Yeah. And maybe, maybe over time in kind of um, learning more about their process and their yeah. shelter and their kind of rhythms too, you might be able to refine that even better just through being more involved and having conversations with them too. Um, so, so I just want to make sure, so you have already submitted that application with them and you're just kind of in the process. Yeah. I'm just waiting on like, uh, fingerprints, background checks, stuff like that. Okay, cool. So then starting hopefully in like March or April, you'll be able to start putting it on the calendar of when you're going to be going. And that is going to be a part of your, your routine. Yeah. I would probably say, you know, of course, depending on their schedule, I would like to do it on Fridays because those are my... CEO days, thanks to again, MAA. But um, after I'm done, you know, with my tracking and metrics and things like that, I would like to shut off work for a little bit after I've done what I need to do, and then go commit my time to be most present with the animals at the shelter or the staff too. Um, That's the other thing is that the ones in LA, it's usually like um, walking or playtime. But I think here I would like to be a little bit more involved where it's like, you know, if you need me to clean the kennels out or you need me to go grab more dog food or something like that. Or if you have or residents, I'd like to say, that are there for a lot longer, let me take them out for a little bit because there are some some animals that are there for years upon years. Mm, I know. If I could take them all, I would. (laughs) My new house, there's a big yard, but my boyfriend would made it very clear that no random dog should be coming to the house. Well, you can still have a positive impact, right? Just just being there, which is great. So that that makes a good start. I think a lot of times we have these ideas, yeah. Um, but then we we they they feel like such a big idea that it's hard to take that first step. And it sounds like you're already well on your way. So that's awesome. That's what I wanted to check. Um, and then over time, I if you not that you've brought this up, but I would suggest you know if you feel compelled to share a little bit of that journey on social media. Absolutely. That definitely fits. Um, I would say that you could reach out to um, when, when the time is right, either check out or reach out to the Gilligans in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I love how they've integrated that in their brand. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Like I, not to, you know, totally copy someone, but a lot of people here in Southern California, they love their animals because they're yeah. able to take them outside and stuff. And, you know, there is a lot more strayed, I should say animals, but mostly dogs here just because of the weather and things like that. But 
Yeah, I, I do love how they have embodied their dog as part of their their whole story. And, you know, yeah. who doesn't love a dog? Like, come on. <laughs> it's inspiring for sure. I yeah. love it. So, okay, perfect. So we, we feel good there. With the other with the other kind of pillars that I'm seeing, we have one open house a week, which I think is awesome. Do you feel like you're you're pretty good there, um, or is there any work that you want to do in that in that arena? Yeah, for for open houses, I kind of struggle with getting that conversation flowing, just because most people who come into open houses are a little standoffish. I had one one family that literally ran in ran through the house and immediately ran out because they didn't want to speak to me, which is fine. I get it. But it's really hard for me to, one, I try to create an environment, a welcoming environment. Like this, you're walking into a stranger's house that is not my house. And you probably don't want to talk to a salesperson because of the bad rap that we get. So for me, it's, you know, I always try to think of building a relationship. I don't want to be, you know, immediately, oh, when are you guys looking to buy? I want to find some common ground and add value before I ask something of somebody. So I think that's where I struggle where it's like, how do I even start this conversation with a stranger in a strange house, knowing that they're already standoffish? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of, so some people, some people are going to have such a wall up where it almost doesn't even make sense to try. (laughs) And and that doesn't mean we don't completely try, but, but just knowing when to kind of like, quote unquote, cut your losses. Right. Um, If someone's going to treat you that way and act like you're not even there and completely take advantage of an open house and enter in someone's home, like that person that you just mentioned, like that is a level of entitlement that I don't think I even want to deal with in a client. Right. So that's, that's someone that I'd be like, deuces like be on your way please you know um if if someone's walking in and you know maybe they're a little shy or they're like not really sure how to approach you they they're just there to see the house yeah a lot of times like the easiest way for me just to start up a conversation is hey guys what's going on (laughs) what are you guys up to today um if I see them with the coffee like a lot of times people will like go and get a coffee or they'll get a coffee on their way back from breakfast before stopping at an open house. That's just been my experience. If I know the place, I'll mention, oh my gosh, you guys want to press? That's sweet. What'd you get? What's your what's your go-to coffee or you know, something like that? If it's a place that I don't recognize, oh, what you what do you have? Where did you guys go? I haven't heard of this place. Tell me about it. And I would just kind of start there, something small. Um, but just kind of get a sense of like what what's the vibe today? What are we what are we doing? What's the energy? And okay. if it seems like they're there on a mission, that's a little bit more of an entrance where I can say, well, it sounds like you guys are here like with a purpose. Have you been looking at homes in the area? Um, if they're there just saying, oh, we're just looking, we're just browsing around, I would say, okay, cool. Take a spin. Do you want a tour? Or do you want to kind of lead it yourself? Okay, cool. Go check out the house. Meet up with me here for any questions once you're done. And then I'll just kind of take it from there. Does that make sense? Okay, I like that. Yeah. And I just realized that I actually did something similar at my last open house. Um, I have a full sleeve of tattoos. My whole family has tattoos. So, you know, I have a love for them. And this woman came in with a full sleeve of American traditional. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I don't have, you know, the guts to do a full color sleeve like that. And we were just talking, but then I was like, dang, how do I transition this? So now I'm thinking, okay, maybe I don't really need to transition yet. Give it time let them go. And so that's the other thing too, where it's like, do I tour them? Do I not tour them? So one thing I've been doing is just touring the immediate areas 
around us. Like the, let's, for example, the kitchen, the living room, maybe the first bedroom on the ground. I'm like, you guys have to check out the backyard. I'll give you guys a sec. Yeah. So I think too, I just, I'm thinking too robotic about it, too strategic about it. I need you to just kind of, I mean, of course have a plan, have a purpose, but need to let them come in and because they're probably nervous too. They probably know like, oh, great. I'm going to talk to some realtor today. Mm-hmm. I think just like breaking the ice a bit. So I, I love that idea. I think I'm going to try that in my next one. Yeah. I think a lot of times we assume that we have to like micromanage every interaction, whereas we can just trust that they'll let us know when they need us a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then and then open the door a little bit so that when they're ready, they can kind of walk through, so to speak. Um, that's really helpful too. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's because I, I, I've had some personal things going on. So I haven't been able to have an open house in like two weeks, but at the same time, I know I'm also like, I'm kind of relieved because it gives me so much anxiety. But now that I have more of like a, I, I don't like to call it a game plan, but more of like a purpose when I go into open houses, I feel like I'll be a lot more confident in my conversations. Yeah. And, and, and have the mindset of, I'm not here to just get leads, right? Like you, you right. are, um, <laughs> but, but have the mindset too, where it's like, I need to have conversations with people. Like, yeah. like you're almost even not, not to the place to where you're trying to like, just convert, convert, convert. You need to get to the place to where you can feel, um, you feel comfortable in your own skin, having conversations. You need to get to the place where you're having ownership in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that sounds like, like really kind of foo-foo coaching sometimes where it's like, this is very soft um, because I'm not out here saying like, you got to get your lead. You got to get the registration. You got to make your calls. Like that's never been my approach. Yeah, That's not going to be helpful if you are not showing up with full ownership in that situation. Um, and, and what I would hate is for like someone listening to this thinking like, oh, well, you know, I don't even want to try doing an open house because I just don't even feel comfortable in that situation. So I won't be able to generate leads. Well, let's move the goalpost. Maybe it's not generating leads this month. Maybe this month, our intention to use your words, which I love, is really just to get comfortable having those conversations and get into a cadence where you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm a little better at understanding when to kind of segue into the real estate talk and when to just kind of let them do their thing, right? That's that's an, an, an intuition that we can kind of develop, you know? No, I love that. I think I'm going to take that mindset into the calls I make too. Instead of saying like, okay, let's try to convert this lead today. Okay. Let's try to just have 10 conversations with people today. Yeah, And I know that's a big goal that you promote in MAA about 10 conversations a day instead of, and I like how you say that though. You're not like, oh, you need to call 10 leads today because that's, you know, it, it, it just puts so much extra pressure, but also you kind of just seem like, already just going into your show and like, well, this is going to suck. But instead, right. hey, just have 10 conversations today. Like even like on our database calls and we're just reconnecting with people. I did that yesterday and I decided to call my grandparents and let them know the good news. And we were on the phone for a long time, but I, I was grateful for that conversation because I know it's been a while, but that was my my one conversation for the day. And it really helped me in my future calls because now I was in a great mood because I talked to my grandparents. But I yeah. think that that whole mindset about just switching it from you have to get these leads and convert them today to just have conversations, talk to people. Yeah. So and that's the other thing too. Once a week or maybe not once a week now because we have a mortgage, but a few times a month, I like to go out to a coffee shop and sit there and maybe like 
pay for someone's coffee and start a conversation mm-hmm. or just sit, sit next to someone. If I hear their music playing, Hey, what song is that? I really like it. And not, not to be, you know, probing and try to get a conversation like that. But like you said, just to practice being a human and talking to other people and having conversations. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to take that mindset into everything else I do too. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I would not knock on the coffee shops, right? Like that is, that's a good, that's a good thing to do. Bryce and I were able to get a lot of business from people in the service industry um, in our early years, because we just, you know, we, we would do the thing where we'd be working all day. We'd stop for a little happy hour. We'd frequent the same places. And then naturally those relationships kind of um, move into, into like service based work. Right. Um, So you can always, you can always find ways to, to help people, but you have to have the conversation first. You have to develop that trust. And and I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think so too. I think it takes a lot of the pressure off too. Yeah. Just try to go out there and help somebody today. And if it, if it leads to something great, if not, you still help someone. Yeah. What, what you're describing is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately where in, in real estate, there's a lot of this push energy, yeah. right? Where you're like pushing, pushing, pushing. You're trying to force something to happen. You're trying to force something to click. Whereas one thing that I've always tried to do is just have pull energy, which is yeah. like the attraction-based business where you kind of turn it around and just stay open to what people need, right? Yeah. And and I feel like that's kind of what we're talking about here where we're looking to get away from like the clawing after every lead and every opportunity and that scarcity mindset and instead just pull in the people who need us just through our daily interactions. Um, we can still attach metrics to that. We can still be very processed in the way that we go through that. We can still have systems and be very structured um, in in hitting those goals, but it's a different kind of energy and it's a different approach. And right. I think kind of like what we're what we're saying is it's a lot more fun <laughs> while you're at it. And it's also a lot more, you know, like fulfilling because when you when you just said the push versus pull, I totally get what you're saying. The past couple of days, you know, like I feel it in my body. My I'm tense because I'm just. I do feel like I'm chasing a little bit instead of attracting. And then, you know, sometimes it is just a switch in your head and sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But yeah, I, I totally noticed that difference of, okay, I'm, I'm pushing this person or I'm pushing this event or I'm pushing this conversation versus just like relaxing, taking a moment and letting it kind of go back and forth a little bit because I, I I totally notice after the fact when I'm having those moments, but I need to have a little bit more intention and be present and notice like, hold on a second, maybe go about this a little bit differently. What energy are you trying to put in this situation? So I love that you said that because I, I feel it. I just didn't have a, a word for it. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So with the, with the time that we've, I feel like we've done some good stuff so far. I hope that you're feeling good too. Yeah. With oh the time. Gosh. Okay, great. With the time that we have left, how else can I help you today? How can I make sure that this was a really good, good, you know, 40, 40 minute conversation for you so far? Yeah. So I would say, I would say, you know, you really helped me today with, that wasn't the one thing I wanted to ask you. It was like mindset and stuff like that. You definitely helped me get out of my comfort zone in terms of like the volunteer thing, thinking like, oh yeah, I'll get to it. But knowing that I was fearful of it, I probably was going to push it off. But I think for me, it's also, I would say social media. 
Okay. Social media, I can be consistent and I have planned out, um, I planned out January and February, which yeah, I love that I planned it out because I have everything ready to go. But for me, I still, I still kind of feel it's mostly promotion, real estate. Hey, reach out to me, reach out to me. And I know you guys are really big about 80, 20 personal real estate. So I, I need, I guess, help on that balance. I'm not quite sure how to like, am I just showing my personal side or do I relate it to real estate somehow? I I'm having trouble with that balance. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Tell me, um, walk me through a typical week right now for your posting schedule. So this, this week I should say, so like on Saturday, I didn't have, um, an open house. I, um, unfortunately I had a funeral, but then my boyfriend and I went to this really cool little donut shop and it was super cute, super, super delicious. It was our first time. So I was like, you know what, this is a great opportunity for a post today. So posted that, which it wasn't really real estate related. Now that I think about it, it was just promoting them and Hey, this place is really great. This is the donut we got. What are you going to get? Um, Sundays, I don't really post unless it's on my stories. Cause that's like my day to reset, um, to, Today or no Monday, I posted about a, a conversation I had with a past client about renting versus buying, and one of the things that um, I wanted to emulate was I'm not going to tell you how renting is so terrible and it's a great time to buy right now because that's just a cookie cutter response in, in our industry. But I I told them what we talked about was his exact situation, and if renting is okay right now, then there's nothing wrong with that. And so I wanted to relieve some pressure off of that, mm-hmm. off that topic, I should say. And at the end, I just said, hey, I hope this was helpful. I didn't say, hey, reach out to me, you know, all this stuff. And so I, I try to balance maybe like once a week, I do like, hey, was this helpful? Reach out to me if you have any questions or, hey, if you're ready for that next step, reach out to me. But um, I would say that on tomorrow, because I post Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tomorrow, I'll go back to that renting versus buying theme. And I'll put like, hey, here's the pros and cons of renting, pros and cons of buying. What are your thoughts? But I have other things too, where like, I would love to post my dog more or post like my morning routine, which I have done. But I feel like it's so random when I do. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you you were just talking about all this real estate stuff. Now you want to post your morning routine? Like that doesn't make sense. So I'm like, okay, instead of randomly inputting personal items in my calendar, how can I make it flow? Cause I always see your, your Instagram and your stories and your posts align. And it's very authentically personal, but then it's like, Oh, by the way, don't forget. I'm still in real estate, but it's very, very tasteful. So for, for um, that situation, when you were having a conversation about helping somebody go from renting to buying, hmm. um, what would be like, your highest and best goal for that person? Like if you were to wave a magic wand and um, grant all of his wishes, what is like, even beyond just purchasing a home, what is an ideal life for him? Well, we actually, we talked about it and he, I asked him, I was like, do you want to rent forever? And without hesitation, he's like, absolutely not. Okay. Then let's figure out what buying would do for your lifestyle for your stress load for everything so he said that his commute would be a little bit longer but you know he also has the ability to have family over and to have you know a little bit more customization in his home and he also said that 
you know, the tax benefits that he, he's a business owner, um, tax benefits that he would gain would really help his financial position. I said, okay, all that's great. Right now in your life with all your, the business you have going on and any personal events going on or any upcoming plans, do you think you have the mental capacity and the stress load to buy right now? Right this second, starting the process today. He's like, honestly, no, I'm pretty stressed out about it just because of all the stuff in my business. I was like, okay, so you don't want to rent forever, but buying right now is going to stress you out and not have you enjoy the process. So I said, what about six months from now? How does that sound? He's like, yeah, I feel like I can, you know, get my stuff together and save and plan better. He's like, maybe even three months, but I think I need time to sit in this this feeling, plan out this goal, and then actually execute it. So I was like, okay, well, there's your answer. Let's just give you a six-month plan. And then if you want to adjust it to three months, you can. That way, you know the exact amount of money you need to save. You kind of have some deadlines with like, maybe I should get pre-approved here, or maybe I should start looking here, or maybe I should let my landlord know at this date so I can give myself some options. And he was just like, well, I didn't know I could do that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I didn't know I could just like plan things out like this. I was like, well, well, of course, like you don't have to be ashamed for renting. And that's, that's the thing too, where I try to be a little bit different where it's like some people have to rent or they like to rent and some people like to rent forever, but then they, you know, build wealth other ways. And it's like, instead of shaming somebody for their housing situation that they're either forced in or comfortable in present a different perspective and more of like guidance versus like, how dare you rent? It's so bad for you. You're paying someone else's mortgage. Well, that's going to stress them out. And then they're just, you know, backpedaling at that point. So I wanted to share that story and that perspective. And Karen Ann actually helped me with this months ago where I don't need to share every little detail because at that point I can just make a newsletter or a blog, but just share the key points too, because not everyone wants to read, you know, my giant round Instagram every day. But as long as you're sharing the key points and it's authentic, then it's going to be received better. But at the same time, I didn't want to be like, are you renting? Do you want to create your plan? Because I felt like if, if they really connected with the story, they would be like, Hey, do you think you can help me with this? Or, Hey, I have a question about that. So I feel like instead of asking, asking, asking that, uh, that post like that, that feels good to me. And that is something that I have pride in and posting, but I would, I would like to show more of myself and my personality and, and my life too. So yeah, uh, I'm kind of struggling with that a, a little bit. So I'm going to break this down into in two different parts. So yeah. so what you just described in walking him through that process, um, that's that's your professional posting strategy. You're okay. you're documenting less than you are advertising. Um, so he didn't know that you can create a plan like that because that's not really something that you can Google. It's a little bit more nuanced. It's not a three steps to buy a house. Most people aren't even at that point of like, like, how do I buy a house? They're more asking the questions that he is like, should I buy a house? Yeah. Like when, like what's the steps to prepare, right? So like, that's your professional strategy. And that's the stuff where you're posting one or two times a week and you're just making it like very selective in what you're posting. And I think that your intuition is serving you really right in, in how you want to approach that conversation. But I want to point out the first part um, of the conversation you had with him because when you said, well, what would buying do for you? key things that he pointed out was being able to curate his environment, 
Mm-hmm. So have an environment that inspires him, which is very important, as we know, as a business owner to him, that's going to be really important that he lives in a place where he feels like he has control in the way he feels every single day. Um, so that so little keywords that we want to be thinking of is like, um, interiors, loving your space, morning routines is a big part of that, because that's like a sacred part of, of how you are in your home, right? Um, your home is going to be a safe haven to where you can have that daily reset. And maybe that goes through as a daily routine, which the reason I'm saying this is because that directly aligns with the thing that you want to be posting about. So you posting about a daily routine is actually directly relevant to his interests as a home buyer. So I want you to just think about it from that situation. The other the other thing he's he's saying is important to him is um yes he might have a commute which what is he doing on the commute is he listening to podcasts is he listening to audiobooks is he listening to music understanding what our ideal clients are doing in that time and then finding where the alignment is that is another key that you can be posting about that stuff so for example i love podcasts and so do a lot of my people, like they also listen to podcasts. So that would be a natural thing to, for me to talk about because there is alignment there. He wants to have people over at his house. When is he going to have people over at his house? What is that going to look like? Can you share how um, how you hope and wish to entertain in your home? And maybe that's something that you're also excited for, or maybe just having space for your dog, right? To have a little bit more, right? Like all of these things what you want to post about and what you're interested in is the exact same stuff that they're telling you. And so if we can just give ourselves permission to say like, we do have a lot of synergy and I can share it naturally just because this is something that I'm also interested in. That's going to serve you really well because as they are following you for that six months while they're preparing for their home purchase, just for example, they're going to see Devin really gets it. Like, man, I'm really into that kind of stuff too. Like she understands she understands what's important beyond just like real estate. And that's somebody that I want to be working with because that's important to me too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love how you put that too. Cause I also, it helps me 10 X my content a little bit more. Cause that was the other thing too, where I was like, man, I have to make a new topic every week. I feel like it's not flowing well or like, okay, now I'm running out of topics to talk about, but instead slow it down a bit and have more of like, like for example, um, there's a little park right here that I go to and um, me and one of my really good friends went with our dogs and, you know, it's something that we'd never really done before, but we really love that time together. And instead of just sharing like, Hey, look at this. uh, I don't know. Look at this kitchen remodel. I can post something about that and be like, love reconnecting with friends, like love talking about goals with, with friends and our dogs or something like that. So yeah, I think, I think I need to maybe disconnect a bit in terms of how can I connect on a human level? Like, even if it's not real estate related, that's okay. I think that's where I got caught up was like, everything I post has to be real estate. Well, no, because then people are going to hate you and they're going to follow you. And you know that subconsciously, that's what's holding you back from actually like executing on on any one plan, right? And also too, I I did it last week. A lot of my most engaged posts or interacted posts are the ones that are personal or the ones that maybe are slightly real estate related, but it's more so like, Hey, this is what I'm interested in. What about you? And so I think I need to, uh, I'm going to do it at the end of the month for March. And I think I'm going to try to 
reconnect with people in that sense. Cause I think the other, the other thing too, is I was focusing so much on attracting new people to my page right. instead of nurturing who I do have, which is a lot of friends and family. So I think I need to step back a little bit and do that for March. Yeah. You almost want to. Um, so, so one way that I've been thinking about for Instagram um, mm-hmm. as they go through these changes is you almost want to treat your Instagram like it's a private Facebook group. Right. So like, like imagining the people who follow you as people who are there for a specific interest. Yes, they want to buy and sell at some point. We understand that. But more so what you're doing is is promoting the lifestyle with where you're at, which is so easy to do. I mean, like, what there's so many things that you can be sharing and celebrating with where you live. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. (laughs) So, so, so understanding like, yes, people are there specifically because they do have the goal of buying and selling at some point, but that's going to be a long process. So what can we do to make sure that we're staying on the path and engaged until it's time to really make that move, right? And then what happens when you do that with Facebook groups is over time as it grows, Facebook is going to understand who all the members in that group are, how often they are engaging, and then what the posts are about. And then Facebook takes that information and it is going to suggest it to other people on Facebook who have the similar interests. So, and I know I'm probably dating myself here with all this talk about Facebook, but like if you've been on Facebook, Facebook a lot of times will say suggested groups, you know, check this out. I think if you have that same mindset for Instagram, it kind of allows you to not worry so much about like reach and expand and and instead it's like really helping frame your mind to to know who it is you're actually talking to and, and how to meet them halfway. Right. Okay. I think it, it also goes back to attracting. Yeah. Like how Facebook will do that for you. Like right. who's meant to be to find you and who has the same like-minded interests and you know, I everything about ideal clients, they'll they'll come to you because of how you present yourself and what you put out into the universe. And uh, I think I need to just go back to that, that pool energy versus yeah. that. Energy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like a, a really interesting undercurrent for this whole conversation. Yeah, it really is. And <laughs> I, I really needed it. So thank you so much. You're welcome. How do you feel? Do you feel like you know what your next steps are and what you need to keep on doing? Yeah. I feel relieved now that I'm like, one, knowing that I, I am on the right track, I am doing enough, but also like I'm a little bit more excited just because it's only February and I have the whole rest of the year. And even though, let's say for the first two months, January and February, I should say, I didn't like something. Well, okay, I have the rest of the year to adjust or to pivot. And I think I needed that little spark of excitement back because not that I don't love it, but sometimes getting caught up in the day-to-day or my daily goals, it, it, it does help to kind of step back and be like, Hey, you're doing a good job. Like it's okay. I love that. And, and I will say that's also why we don't rely solely on motivation to keep us going. Right. So a lot of times when we feel a lack of motivation or a lack of inspiration, we immediately think something's wrong or something's off and like we're doing the wrong thing when really like we're just human and those, that energy is going to ebb and flow. And so that's why we always want to make sure to go back to the actions, which is why every time we were talking about this, I'm like, okay, what actions do we need to be looking at? And so just, just remember that where do we need to like take, take root and keep going through the the steps and trusting the process that way. Definitely. Yeah. 
And I will say, I think I'm going to add into my CEO days on Fridays, a, a little reflection and maybe like a little reward system and kind of figure out, okay, what, what worked this week? Let's keep doing that. What maybe didn't work. Okay. How can I fix it? And then also just like forgiving myself. Hey, the week's over. You can't change it. Just do better. Or, you know, just believe in yourself a little bit more next week. So I think I'm going to add that in. I love that. Okay. I think you have everything you need. I yeah. had, I had so much fun with this conversation, Devin. Thank I you so much you. for joining me. <laughs> thank you for having me. Not only that, it was like my shoulders are now not as tense and I feel ready for, for the, you know, the year. Awesome. Okay. So let's keep that energy going. For those who want to follow along on that journey and and keep on rooting for you, where can they find you on social media? Yeah. So um, I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok. I am on Facebook, but I honestly don't really know how to use it. <laughs> so <laughs> Instagram and Face or Instagram and TikTok are where I'm mostly at. On TikTok, I'm homes with Dev. On um, Instagram, it's just Devin two underscores Rangel. If you're looking for my brokerage, it's the uh, Reliance Real Estate Services, but I'm on the Stevenson team. So if you search the Stevenson team in Corona, you'll find me there. But yeah, connect with me on Instagram and TikTok. I would love to see, you know, a little bit snippet of people's lives and maybe you can see a little snippet of mine. Full disclosure, if you're not a dog person, probably shouldn't follow me because, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I am ready to chat and get to know new people. So follow me on there. I love that. Thanks so much, Devin. Really enjoyed this conversation. And I'll have all those details um, in the show notes so that people connect with you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. High five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.